already compadring. This mic smells really good. It's too close to your mouth like that. It's not. You're holding it too close to your mouth like that. Like, like I'm this? holding it. Look. Like I'm holding it. How's this? That's better. That's exactly the same. It's better now. Shut up. It was worse before. Now it's better. It's, it's the same. Uh, come with me if you want to podcast. That's right. It's When Will It End, the movie podcast where we watch a whole series of movies and we tell you why what you thought was a good movie was, in fact, a piece of shit. I'm Josh. I'm Charles. Uh, we're in the midst of our Terminator series, which many call uh, Die Hard of the Land. It's like Die Hard, but on land. There are some buildings. There's some buildings. And Die Hard and does take place in buildings. Taken buildings, and there is motorcycles and. Yeah, room I mean, I mean, room. if if you showed maybe scenes from Die Hard and Terminator Two to the average passerby, they might actually not be totally clear that they're not the same movie. Yeah, right. Okay, fair enough. So maybe it's the Die Hard of the Die Hard. It's the Die Hard of the Die Hard, but with rubbets. And mm. in this movie, wow! What remember in the last movie, Charles? We said, oh, this movie's it's what if what if the robot man was our friend and did funnies. We were like the biggest, the biggest. I did say that, didn't I? The biggest problem with this ice cold masterpiece that's chilling and upsetting and dark and and you know really this like window into a nightmare that seems all mm. too real. What if there were more sillies in it? Oh wait, can I? I remember another thing I said. Yes. What if this movie that almost like so gracefully and subtly talked about toxic masculinity and violence had voiceovers that explained it to me? That'd be, that would be way better, wouldn't it? I think it would. Yeah, you did say that. What if there was a lot more explicit explanation of what's going on in the movie as it happens? We also said in the last movie, you know, people aren't talking enough. People aren't saying yeah. things that are happening as they're happening as well, though we well, were children. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so quiet. Well, it might have been made in 1926. He got in the car. He's in the car. He got in the car. They're in the car now. Get out of the building. It's going to blow. Out of the building. Get out of the building. It's okay, going to blow. This is when will it end? That was a little preamble. We, we saw Terminator 2 and here's We're our hot diving take. in. Fuck you if you're fuck listening. Fuck you. you. This James, movie is bad. Fuck you. It's a bad movie. You know what? We, have, we should make a fuck. We're going to make a, a wiki for our uh, podcast. Okay. And it's going to have a fuck you list. And wow. every single person we've said to fuck off. Wow. And James, you're on the fuck off list. Right. Because this movie is, is like agonizing because you see what it could be. And yeah, then it was there's Terminator. We watched it already. It, right. I mean, we have like the the you know fucking chrome skeleton of the movie we love adorned with stupid horse shit that drives me crazy. Also, you know, we're talking about things that like were in the first movie that we love that are just completely thrown out in this movie. And one of the biggest things is that like I love Linda Hamilton's performance in this. You're not as big a fan. I understand yeah. that. But in that movie, like Despite all the men who fail her, she like overcomes this herself and survives on her own merits and gets through the movie like with her own. You know, she's not a superwoman. She's someone who like figures it out as she goes along. And at a yeah. point where she's like left alone finally by useless, idiotic men, she saves herself. And in this movie, she like starts awesome and gets more and more like hysterical and useless and like is saved in a really condescending and stupid way at the end of the movie that I really hate. And in the almost end of the movie too. Where she goes to anyway, we're jumping around. We're I feel, jumping like, I feel like we're scattered. We're, we're scattered in the same way that a a, a buckshot might scatter into a T one thousand. Pia pia. Our our blistering commentary on ching, one ching. of America's favorite movies is a little bit unfocused. Well, I think we're as scattered as this movie feels because yes. the, the delicate trail of tension, trail the delicate tray. That's the metaphor I'm going for here of tension and 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 you know coldness and, and I, all that shit I said before this upends everything from Terminator yeah. and it really it's it's we talked about in the last episode you know okay we're reapproaching this movie maybe in the context of the series it'll have more of a place in our hearts no it's a fart this movie sucks yeah. so let's I think I think this is going to be a good way to do it um we could take it character by character. Let's do that. The, uh, well, that was the first idea. You want to just go with that? I think it's great. <laughs> I think this is why we should never script these episodes. And you know, so we far, did it last episode. Yeah, not a great episode. It's been a failure, but yeah. no, I think I, I like this a lot. Okay, so, because every character is problematic, and I think that might be a really good way to explore why this movie doesn't work as well. And we'll probably hit all these topics that we've already discussed. Um, but yeah, I think I think. You want to start with the small fry? You want to start with the big balls? You want to start well, with okay, let, Let's start with like an lady. overview of how yeah. the beauty of Terminator, the movie, yes. is that things are weighted very evenly at the beginning of the movie. We have two strange men from Sorry, the future who are appearing dumb. out of nowhere. 
we have you know Linda Hamilton who's running around living her life normally, and you're like, okay, this is all going to intersect, but how? Like, what's going on? It's a really deliciously intriguing. This movie opens with Linda Hamilton at this point relegated to the role of like dumb narrator explaining all of this massive plot stuff. So similar to our commentary yeah. on the pirate lords and the pirate world, mm-hmm. like which we are, which we are podcast, podcast lords. lords. Yeah. I think we've established that. Yeah. yeah. But what's funny is that uh, in, in this movie. Everyone's like, oh, Skynet, you know, like, oh, Skynet. Yeah. Skynet is not the it. first movie. How many Skynet tattoos are out there, do you think? Uh, I bet a depressing number. Yeah. This movie opens with Linda Hamilton going, it's me, your girl, Linda. Ooh, there's Cyberdyne. And they made Skynet. And Skynet led to Judgment Day. And Judgment Day was bad. So we've got to stop Skynet. And it's yeah. like, we've never said Judgment Day before this movie. It's And it's it's very stupid. They don't dig into anything concerning, like, the moral, like, implications of what that no, title suggests. No, the only suggests. person they judge is uh, the scientist. And he's like, why are you judging me for things I haven't done yet? And then she does that dumb monologue. Yeah. And then no, the, she like... has the, the voiceover, too, being like, he took it pretty well. I don't know how I would take the news that I killed three billion people. And then he goes... <laughs> I want to be sick. God, I want to just litter this floor with puke. Yeah, I want to litter this floor <laughs> with puke. So, so let's, this I think we, audio, we, have, right? we did a great job. Yeah. We have to start with Linda Hamilton and all of this. She, great. She, she kicks off the movie, like I said, doing this stupid voiceover that's all exposition. Everything that existed in Terminator that was exciting without the stupid explanation is just immediately sucked out of the movie, like a vacuum. Yeah, I'm going to just briefly say one thing about explanation and exposition, because I don't want to sound like... We are uh, hypocrites or forgetting because the first movie does have an astounding amount of exposition and characters mostly Reese screaming at us what's going on. But I think that movie does it in such a way where the character feels he's very vulnerable. I, I, I'm going to go out. I'm say that Reese is an exceptional whoever played Reese, the Michael Bean. Yeah. How are you saying that guy's name? No one knows. No one knows. Not even him. He just wanders around going, it's me, the, the Bean. <laughs> it's me, the bean uh his character is so fragile and like so like scrunched up into this ball of stress and fear that it is totally believable that he would come into this world screaming and being like jesus christ there's a fucking robot over there jesus christ this is this and like just say and then we already talked about the scene last episode where like he's screaming at this psychiatrist as a way for us to like really understand that they know the plot's full of holes so we like it's sort of it's on that line. Cameron sort of almost does it, but I think the acting is strong enough to carry it through. Yeah, and more to the point, the thing in that movie is that we're really worried about these characters. Great because point. Terminator is so upsetting and and so intense. They really seem that vulnerable. They really seem that hard scrabble. It's very real. It feels very, regardless of how crazy the plot is. We see people who are like from from uh, Sarah Connor's perspective, victimized since the beginning of the movie by men. And 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 in you know uh, Kyle Reese's case, he literally has lost billions of friends to robots. So yeah, there's three. Right. Scene- is there three? Are there three scenes or just two that take place in the in the future world in the first Terminator? Just a couple. We see him flashing back his dream when he goes back there. There's three. Right. Because he has two, and she has. There's one in the beginning, then there's one from him and one from her, like, dream. Right, yeah. I think there's, a, there's three, and I think that's the perfect number. You really get a sense of how fucking shitty it is to be Kyle Reese. And it's interspersed throughout the movie to remind us of what he's responding to. Yeah. So it's, it's a lot of visual storytelling. It's, it's there's you know He does talk about a lot of Terminator-related PTSD stuff as well, but, like, it's, it's portioned out nicely that we're remembering things with visual cues in addition to things. It feels like a nice, coherent thing. And, again, they're very vulnerable in this movie. The sheer fact that, like, the cute version of Terminator is their little buddy who's going to help men of every scrape sucks so much of that tension out of the movie. Yeah. Jesus. And also, like I said, we, we there's both too much and too little explanation of Judgment Day, of Skynet. It's just sort of all of a sudden these, these things come up and they just start running with them. And it's hard to feel, like, I know that, you know... I know it's a fucking movie, so if I don't feel any like urgency to keep up with like this, yeah, they're it, literally explaining stuff that we just saw. They're literally explaining to us the themes, capital T, of the movie, and yet they are not like giving us any actual visual cues to understand the arc, to understand the stakes, to understand the characters. They're just like telling us everything that we should feel, and this is why. What this is like my biggest complaint of movies. Okay, to, to go back to, to Pirates 4, and by the way, goodbye to our character-by-character character plan, it's gone. No, we're still on Linda Hamilton. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah this is all the preamble this to Sarah Connor. This is still Lindell Yeah, we yeah, got yeah, this. Lindell Hamilton. <laughs> Good old Lindell. Um, in Pirates 4, they're like, ooh, Blackbeard made zombies out of these guys, and he did all this crazy shit. Do we see any of it? None. 
So in this movie, they're like, John Connor from the future, who we see for five seconds in the beginning, reprogrammed a Terminator and sent him back in time to save his younger self. That's amazing. Yeah. So do they show us that? No. You know what they do show us? What do they show us? Oh, in the trailer, they show us that uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger is a good guy. Right. Thank God. So that like whole tension that you could have had for the first 20 minutes of the movie is gone. It's evaporated from the get-go. Yeah. Like, I I don't even remember watching the trailer. I watched it as a kid on VHS, but like, I even knew. It's like everybody knew. Yeah. (laughs) At that point, like, what's the point of setting it up that way if that's what your marketing plan is? It sounds like you're talking about like someone from Spotlight. Everybody knew. But no one said nothing. Dude, fucking everybody Dude, fucking knew. The goddamn priests, but no one said a fucking thing. Fuck. Can you do your mark for me? Oh, the squints. What, oh, my God, the squints. What, 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 what do you mean? They knew? <laughs> they get, there was kids out there. They're kids. There's kids in Boston. Wait, there was a Terminator? You're telling me there, there's a Terminator? That's a great mark. I am waiting, <laughs> waiting for a Hulk standalone. Where he fights the Terminator? No, you should, anything just with oh. Mark Ruffalo at the helm. I mean, as long whenever I see that head cocked forty five degrees to one angle, <laughs> eyes almost closed, <laughs> but very talking, intensely talking, closed. Talking like this because it's so, it's so surprising. What? Like, what? What's going on? What's going on? Uh, he's a dream. He's a there's fucking. A, there's a gem. Terminator from from the future. <laughs> I can barely remember what I did yesterday. John John Connor is a kid, but a man. Okay, so this movie, like, yeah, all this cool shit happens, like, behind the scenes. They're like, let's not even touch any of that. Because in my mind, there's two ways of telling the story. And here's how Josh would save the movie part one. Great. Instead of a boring, stupid, like, I'm Linda Hamilton, and here's sort of a synopsis of the last film, coupled with new exposition we've just introduced for this one, which feels sweaty and is annoying. Why not start in the future where John Connor is, like, retreating back and he's like, it's those damn Skynet forces. They're on top of us. I know they're going to the back in the past, so I have one little trick up my sleeve. Like, what, John? Tell us. And he pulls aside a big curtain. It's naked Arnold. Oh, my he's God. Like, full dick? fucking got him. Yeah, he's hanging big old dick. Yeah. Like, full all the way. Yeah. And he says, you know, we've got one last chance, and for that, I'll turn to one of our oldest enemies. Like, there could have been some really yeah. fun, campy, like, big intro, and instead they're like, they blaze through what is essentially the most important question of the movie, which is, why is he a good guy now? And they just tell us this. It's like yeah, it's they tell us very really lazy. Well, they were so sweaty to get to him being a big goofy fucking dumbass. Yeah, it, it's really like a missed opportunity. Oh my god! I remember in fucking what year did this come out? Ninety one. Ninety one. So I was in third year of law school. I think. Yeah, <laughs> seventh grade. What, what? How old are you? In? I would have been six. So not I was, first, second grade. I was one. Okay. And not in school. Maybe this was labor. I just remember everyone saying "hasta la vista, baby." Right. Everyone's saying hasta la vista, baby. Not even like Arnold. They were just saying hasta la vista, baby. Well, I mean, that, that, these, that's what these things permeate culture. This, like, think about how slowly culture is moving in 91 compared to now. Yeah. This shit trapped the entire country for a decade. Yeah, okay? and longer. It took 9-11 to smash the curse of Thank T2. Thank God. God yeah. damn it. People rarely focus on the good parts of 9-11. That's one of them. One of which was dispelling the you know, fucking enchantment of T2 over our nation. So good. And preparing us for T3. So, you know, that's true. Just years, years after. Yeah. All that, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So go right, let's, to, act, let's Lindell talk. Hamilton. Lindell Hamill. Right. Tim. Lindell Hamill. Tim. Um, yeah. I, I mean, Josh and I sort of disagree. I think we both agree that her character was not good and that most of the lines she was given were good. I personally don't think she did anything exceptional. I think her, like everyone fucking cream in their jeans for this character and this, this actor is, I don't really know what it means. Is it because I honestly don't know what it means. I think she's like screams a lot. And well, no, here's, here's what I think it is. And I've talked to like women about this movie and a yeah. lot of them see like a woman who's completely betrayed and let down by the system in every opportunity. She's misunderstood. She's denied. She's treated cruelly. She's sexually assaulted in the movie by a creepy nurse. Yeah, that was which awful. Is really redundant and awful. And as you said, yeah. more cream on the pastry for killing that guy, which we didn't need. <laughs> Anyways, it's like, yeah, in my mind, like I think the power of the characters that Linda Hamilton plays someone who is like, at every turn, stymied by men in power. Yeah. And she addresses this somewhat clunkily in a monologue I kind of like about like how men build instruments of destruction and understand what real birth is, which is, you know, life and the gift of birth, et cetera. I actually like that. I think yeah, it's... Yeah, I mean, it's a pretty obvious thing I've heard. Maybe people got it from this movie. I don't know, but I think I've heard that. I don't that. think they thought of that idea, but they, they give her like a moment to talk about the gendered nature of the movie, which I think... Yeah, let's put a fucking, you know, this is the early 90s. This is, we're not, you know, this is like a lifetime ago. But this has nothing to do with her acting style. 
Oh, I like her acting style. I think I know, of her but as like, just a like, John, like a John Carpenter, like, you know, cast person. He, you could really imagine her being in, like, the, the fog or whatever. I feel like, you know, like a Barbosa or a, like, that really works because the movie calls for, like, it's a fucking campy pirate movie. And these are pirates and they're going crazy and it's like, it works. But this is, I mean, coming from the first one, the first one was a fucking terrifying, almost silent movie. And now suddenly I'm expecting a, a camped out. Like the highest we get is the police chief, and he's just like this stone. Like he seems stone. He's just like well, whatever, fucking ever. I don't give a shit. Yeah, fuck you. So Lance he Hendrickson, he was like the up. campiest actor we had from the last one. The only moment of comedy, and it wasn't a brief respite from the action. It really worked. This has comedy thrown in all over the place. I just think Linda Hamilton is sorry. Lyndall Hamill Tim. is. I, I just don't think she's a very talented actor, and I think she, it's maybe it's probably mostly the role. There's not much you can do with a, a woman that's like told to be crazy most of the time well, they, they totally betray her which makes me so angry I think you're right like look I don't think Linda Hamilton Lyndall Hamilton is like the most mind-blowing actress I like that she's a character actor I like the role they give her to play the fact that they undermine her character on the page I think is what takes away from her performance because she's given less and less interesting shit to do yeah I think it's just, I, I mean I don't know I'm a man so you can take this with a grain of salt everybody this can't be good but yeah I know I'm this is for my specific forums. Oh, yes, of course, of right? The community found online after Hillary. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I just feel like Cameron's known, like, be, like lauded all the time for, like, giving women roles in movies. Um, I think he just ruins them. Like, Sigourney Weaver and Alien, amazing. Sigourney Weaver and Aliens. I don't give, I don't give a shit about whatever the fuck she's up to. And I don't think she's given any dialogue that's worth her time. Same with this. I just like, I think he writes women into his movies and he probably loves women. He's married to married five of them. <laughs> uh, I just don't think he actually knows how to convey a story. On, and Terminator 1 was the only one that was like, women are living a hellish life because of the shit they have to deal with with men. It's like a perfect little movie where they don't talk about it. They just show it to us. Yeah. And then like this is like, he's so much about motherhood and like, men being shit but then he like just screams it into her face i'm like yes i agree with you james but yeah well, i'm bored out of my fucking mind like with ripley and sarah connor he ends up depicting motherhood and mother-daughter and mother-child relationships in a weirdly conservative way yeah where it's like this like this dream goal of attaining a normal life that they're like denied as if to explore any other version of that would be this like massive it's it's a problem and i, I think like you know that's what newt kind of end, ends up doing to, to oh, ripley which is God. a bummer and in this movie too like seeing her like even that iconic scene where she has the dream where she like you know watches herself in a happier life be obliterated by a nuclear blast it's like an it's an indelible image and pretty amazing but yeah it's also like you know so fucking we're like seeing like her what she you know it's not like women shouldn't want that or something like that but like it's he makes the character less interesting by tying her to these archetypes that she didn't need to live in in the first one yeah also to have opening credits over a burning playground i just i love that part i know i thought it was really dumb i think it's the height of dumb that's why i liked it yeah it's like we get so fucking dumb it's not yeah the opening like literally it was in the first shot a girl on a swing going woohoo it's a me mario oh right it was mario on a yeah, swing it was Mario's on a and swing. then it just freeze frame and then shit's on fire it's right like, jesus kids and on you can fire. see that ba- if you pause it bowser is laughing in the background there was angry mario in this angry movie mario, yeah. who was oh he's the security guard <laughs> yeah great mustache angry salt and pepper mario yeah, very wrinkled brow okay well i think Ooh, we're you, it's that a- terminator oh that goddamn Ooh, terminator oh it's me the terminator it's a me. yeah um okay so you set up something that i think uh yeah it's a nice one-two punch the progeny of her and Kyle Reese from the first film is now <laughs> the fucking garbage heap at the center of the movie. And like, look, Edward Furlong, we did a little, some rudimentary research. He has had a life of incredible struggle. I'm not trying to undermine the fact that he suffers from addiction. It seems like a very bad thing. I have a theory. It also seems like, according to many stories, it is heavily alleged that he has abused multiple partners of his. It seems like he is a pretty rough guy who's had a really rough, rough life and has treated people really poorly, which is to say I feel a little bit better about dunking on how terrible his performance is in this movie. I mean, they may be related. As John Connor. You think so? I, th- I think there is a God, as I said last episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course, yes. And... Uh, he probably watched Terminator 2. And said, things it's are like, not going to go well for this guy. <laughs> you fucked it all up. It's okay. Uh, you ruined my favorite movie. A big part of our thing with Terminator, and we've talked about this just moments ago, is how little is said so much of the movie. Like, 
there's the, the heavy lifting comes with Kyle Reese explaining his experience in the future, which makes sense. We but have you to, have to do right. it. Right. In you this movie... To. And he does, they do it well. We have this little snotty asshole kid who's shackled to all the stupid pop culture slang of 1990 whenever they shot the movie. It's bad. I'm sure it was bad then, but over this course of time, it is not charming. You made a comparison to another performance in these movies from a classic film. Who did this remind you of? I don't remember. I'll give you a hint. Oh my God! You're a Terminator! Oh my God! A Terminator! Well, oh, we gotta run! Right. We gotta have the Terminator! Yeah. Holy shit! A Terminator! That's right. I was Richard. Richard Dreyfus should have taken yeah. the place of uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. That'd been amazing. And just had scenes of them screaming at each other about what's in front of them. I'm the Terminator! Oh my God! I'm the Terminator! Wait, you're a Terminator! I'm from the future. Shut the fuck up and say hasta la vista. Wait, wait! I say hasta la vista. Hasta yeah. la vista. And don't kill anyone. It's not I loved good. it. I loved it when he screamed so loud and his prepubescent voice cracked all the time. That was awful. Yeah. Okay, so what we're trying to say is that like they put an unbelievable amount of pressure on this character of young John Connor to carry the movie and give us all these insanely hackneyed, sweaty, unconvincing emotional moments with Terminator as part of the effort to ruin that character who we will get to. But something Do you think about- James Cameron gave him drugs? on set to turn him more into a bad boy well you really want to keep kid actors on you know what i yeah. mean because like they have short, short attention span so like a little bit of a, a little bit of a, we'll kind of keep them focused you know what i yeah. mean sorry i interrupted you what were you gonna say i was gonna say like um the movie can't decide who the main character is great point and i, I think what I, again we i don't know if we entirely agree about this what i like about terminator is that it's ultimately about linda hamilton's story no i and, agree with you right well you in the last episode referred to kyle reese as the main character I didn't I mean, I is. meant, I don't think he's, I, I was wrong. I didn't mean that. I just mean he's, I think he's the strongest performer. I think he's given a lot to do and he does a good job with it. I think so, that's yeah. all I meant. I don't so, think he's the main character. He's pointless. He's fucking, I mean, he's an interesting idea, but yeah. he doesn't, like, he basically just is there to tell us what's going on and then die. Right. So and also. He represents the stakes. And he's got a, a little yeah, seed a little in the uh, seed a hole. Yeah, we wouldn't have uh, fucking uh, John Connor if not for that stripping scene. God damn it. We oh. didn't even talk about this. I guess we, we did a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I think they could cut out of the movie. It's stupid. It's yeah. a bad sex scene. And uh, uh, I don't know. Linda yeah. deserved better. Um, no, so yeah, in, in this movie, like, they managed to destroy the stakes of the movie so quickly by making the fucking hero of the future, John Connor, a brilliant guy who fights the resistance, be a fucking unlikable little piss who's so fucking annoying yeah, the whole movie. Yeah, half the time I just wanted him to die. He's Like, full- that's not a good thing for your movie. Right. Well, I think if, if the austerity of the first movie is something that you like about it, in this movie you have a little dumb shit going... Jeepers, criminy, we've got a fucking, but like, in, in like the horrible, like, hang 10, bro, dog, we've got a scootle out of here, or whatever, yeah. like horrible 90s shit. Oh, shit. Oh, fuck. He said shit, and wow, what a cool little 12 year old I am yeah, saying okay. shit he's, all the time. He's wearing a camo jacket, he's wearing a public enemy shirt. Yeah. This is a kid who's so unconvincing as a little scrapper. Yeah. My favorite example of bad casting is definitely uh, Tobey Maguire and Seabiscuit playing a drunk jockey. If you haven't seen it, it's I an awful it. movie, but the, the casting is truly perplexing, where it's like you got Tobey Maguire to play a mean jockey why he's the cutest little guy right his fully pissed toby is like a a three on the pissed scale maybe they just did it by size because jockeys are so small he's not that small what he's not that small he's a he's a hobbit right no he's no hobbit he's not the hobbit he's not the hobbit i get those two confused pretty much the same guy peter parker the hobbit yeah Peter Parker the Hobbit. Yeah. Peter Parker and the Hobbit. I'd watch the hell oh, out of that. That's a fucking series. Yeah, we, we have to make, uh, what, uh, the, well, the Hulk and the Terminator first, or Mark Ruffalo uh, vehicle. Yeah. Um, but no, so, yeah, so now the, the movie can't decide what its main character is. Is the main character Sarah Connor continuing her arc from the first film as someone who's living a normal life and is plunged into the hellish reality of holding on to the legacy of the human race? Is it now about baby John Connor, who has to confront the reality that he's going to be, like, living this life that... Again, if you think about the plot for three minutes, makes absolutely no sense, especially in the most midi-chlorians moment in this movie, we realize that the inspiration for Skynet is the arm that that the first Terminator left behind in the first movie, which means that Skynet and Judgment Day wouldn't happen unless they had not gone back in time to begin with, and they only went back in time because this thing had already happened, that, that's making how it cute completely this impossible. Josh, the whole series is based on that. I know, but in this movie, they draw a certain amount of attention to it, which they could have completely cut out of the movie That's by true. not having to be They really on did. They're like, mm, who am Why I? Why not have Joe Morton's character just having fucking thought of it? We don't need an explanation. Oh, I see. Just, yeah, like, I think the first one with the kid is a little more like, you know, it's a kid. You know. Wait, what? which kid? I'm just saying, like, the first one is like the whole point is that 
John Connor was born from Future Man. Right. So he wouldn't have existed without... But it, Which is itself its own sort of like, huh, interesting, chin stroke. This yeah. one's like, but no. Also, literally, artifacts from the first film are what set up everything else from happening from this point right. onward. Which is like a needless What's drawing of being on it. It's, it, it adds nothing. Yeah. We already have enough going on in this fucking movie. Yeah. So, okay. So, again, so who's the main character? Now, okay, is it Sarah Connor following her arc? Is it John Connor becoming, like, the man he's going to be in the or, future? Or is it Terminator who, let's get to him, they took a fat shit all over the main character of the fucking franchise by insisting that he's now a goofy, slappy, happy friend who's everybody's buddy. Yeah. And we, we see he's like, one, what's pathetic is that the movie ends with them being like, he finally learned how to be human by regurgitating stupid fucking like pop culture quips and asking about crying incessantly. He learned that he could never cry and not be a human. What is wrong with your face? <laughs> That's an awful line. Yeah. It's a bad, bad impression too. Can you try it again? What is wrong with your face? That was better. Your eyes are leaking. You got the water. Oh, that was bad too. I sounded French. Oh, oh, it's me, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Is that the Terminator? I'm here to save your life. I am smoking a cigarette and eating the baguette, and I'll punch you in the face. Very loud, Frenchman. I'm so big lungs and this big body. (laughs) (laughs) Give me your clothes, motherfucker. My body is so big. Okay, so let's talk about how to ruin a character. Uh, make him French. Lot, yeah, one, make him French. Two, in the first movie, we talked like, again, I'll go back to this word, ice cold or austerity Ooh. or like, there's a lot in this movie that rules. Oh, but Josh, I have a question, Josh. Far away, yeah. Uh, this movie is all blue in color, so does that make it ice cold too? Well, it would be ice cold if it wasn't for the terrible needle drops and awful <laughs> score. Oh, wait, that's right. We were going to start this, this episode off with... Dun, 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 I'm a Terminator baby. Dun, dun, dun. Wait, I thought we were going to do Bad to the Bone. I'm just having fun doing like rock and roll anthems about being a Terminator. <laughs> okay, so like they give yeah. us a needle drop oh this and it sucks. God. You're like, oh, how could you shatter the tone of the first movie? Oh, I don't know. Play bad to the bone the second we see him in his leather gear. Also, like, make people look at his dick for two minutes? That was fine. Okay. I fucking like that. Why do you think he has a dick? Um, I guess like they were like, you know, maybe they'll check the genitals of our cyborg assassins. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's, I guess that's in true. In what situation would it get to the point yeah. where they have to check the genitals? I mean, it sounds like a, either a porno yeah. or a prom at TSA. How do you think robots figured out how big of a hog to give him? He had a pretty big one. It Based seems its, like a big hog. It was like mid-thigh. Here's the sound effect. Oh, wow. Wow, that's some distance on the arc. I think it was more like... Thwack, 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 thwack. Like, so like... Stamming back and forth. Yeah. You, did you did you see it or were you on your phone at that point in the movie? I'm usually on my phone. I'm one of these millennials who's addicted yeah. to his phone. Uh-huh. Yeah. You haven't brought out once. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. Well, there's, you know, we got a lot of time left to cover here. Yeah. But no, okay. So, yes. You know, unlike, again, in the first movie, over time, he, he like churns through costumes and outfits to get to this ultimate form. Then when we get it's not to even that looking, much. He like changes jackets. Well, no, he changes the full outfit. He no, no. He like keeps the, the pants. Keeps the shirt. He just changes jackets. Fucking fine. It's one but, fucking I mean, that's, jacket. All I'm one saying fucking is jacket. he changes jacket and, and sunglasses. And it's like so small, but it's like... Meteoric for the movie. He suddenly yeah. looks like the bad guy. Yeah. In this movie, they cannot wait to get this stupid shit going so fast that he's already in his main gear within seconds of the movie. And we get the needle drop, which in the first movie is unthinkable. I know. It's this, crazy. Yeah, it goes straight to bad to the bone starts playing. And it's like, we already know the character. Yeah. We don't need to be told how to feel about him. And because we saw the trailer... We know he's good to the bone and he doesn't even have any fucking bones he's got metal bones yeah. of a skeleton who's metal jesus it's not good so they're like either they're like they were really trying to convince us that he was bad or they were just like i don't know it sucked to use that music honestly the music in general sucked yeah. It was so fucking boring. Well, again, the first movie has a lot of like very minimal electronic stuff that's very eerie and, and, and like undercuts like the what's going on with this like dread vibe. And in this, like it's all like dun 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 yeah, but dun 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 not even like that. It's more like the scene where he gets his head smashed is yeah. eight violins playing different notes. Oh my God. And it goes and it just like times with a swing. It's bad. So fucking lazy. This movie is like such a testament to excess where they're like, we got the wisecracking kid. We got the Terminator saying wisecracks too. Linda Hamilton screaming her fucking head off. Yeah, it's, it's like, this sucks. Like, and we it, are going to save the last 
10 minutes of this about the new Terminator 2. Don't forget. We haven't we haven't forgotten about that guy. Yeah. We'll get to you, buddy. Yeah. Is, do you think about it? Because so first off, in this movie, we do get a I'll be back and a, uh, this, he, does, he repeats a couple lines, Yeah, right? he says, come with me if you want to live. Right. He, he steals Kyle Reese's line. He says, I've got a bad feeling about this for some reason. Yeah, which you are legally required to say yeah, in movies. He says, uh, we're going to have a really nice friendship pretty soon. You and I, little buddy, we're going to be the best of friends. I see this as the be- beginning of a... Sorry. <clears throat> was that Einstein for a minute? <laughs> yeah, that's my Einstein, my classic Einstein. Yeah. Of a lot uh, of you and me, we have a, this start to a beautiful friend. That's French. That's yeah, really bad. Go? Just stop talking. All right. Okay, I'll talk about bad moments in the movie. I think the worst, uh, the absolute low point in the movie in my mind, I, I want to hear your thoughts on this. They're like they go back to Mexico to get like uh, Sarah Connor's stash of weapons from a tequila drinking Mexican man. Wow, which is like, come on, right? I guess it was the '90s. Like people were that fine with like, hey, we got a Mexican in the movie. Is he swigging tequila out of the bottle like a fucking '40s movie? Yeah, he sure is. Yeah. But no, so she sees uh, you know, this horrible, horrible relationship looming between her son slash future resistance leader and a oh my, robot was... who spouts platitudes now and wants to cry or something, which sucks. And she's like, of all the father figures who could have entered John's life, this robot assassin was the greatest <laughs> father of them all. And it's like, Wait, this is No, you missed stupid. the great part. What? He'll never be late from work. He'll never beat his child. He'll never set the house on fire. He'll just be a good boy. Right, the murderous robot who they programmed to say, Kawabunga, dude, or whatever. It's fucking dumb. He's not like every other man that makes nuclear bombs and shoots people. That observation from her tells us nothing about the movie that we cannot see with our eyes. It tells us nothing about her character other than that, like, she's had a bad experience with men, which which, again, I think we get. We've been told... At least three scenes. But more importantly, we're showing about her that boyfriends. because men treat her like shit. Yeah, then her idiot son is like, "Oh, she was shacking with the Green Beret for a while before this other guy used to beat her." And like, and there's like, another scene where he said the same thing. Why don't we see any of these things? Because instead of these stupid ass fuck, give us a montage at the beginning of like intercut between experiences in the future and the present. Like, there's wow. so many creative. Ways I don't even to think that would story. work. I think just get rid of it. Maybe, yeah. Like, why does she need to be learning from men how to use guns? Right, it's fucked up. Also, it's stupid. They like the amount of like. It's it's not like full torture porn or full like Tarantino or Roth or whatever, but like when she gets face licked by the pervy attendant and stuff, it's like, how much more does she have to suffer? We get it. Yeah. You know? And like, I think that too is like, she's defined at a certain point by this like spiral of trauma that it's already very fucking fucked up at the beginning of the movie. She's in a psych ward. She survived that whole thing, but they'd work in more and more things to explain her emotions, which we don't, we don't need that. Yeah. And uh, I think, I want to also say this. The plot of this movie is bad. It's boring. It's at the end of it. You can describe like the first one is also very small. It's robot and non-robot come back to the future to like make like to take the same girl to prom. Yeah. 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 And one of them wins. (laughs) You better believe it. I'll give you a hint. Kyle Reese. That's the hint. It's the name of the person. Do you think after sex he was like, you know, Terminators don't have sex. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I got this dick, but it's always flaccid. Yeah. I mean, I guess I could cram it in there. Yeah, I could try. Probably come. I don't know what you think we're talking about, but I like wherever this is going. Um, I wanted to say that the the plot of this movie is scattered. The pacing is bad. And at the heart of it, it's about these three characters that suddenly all meet up and do like a fast five thing with no one around. They like break into a building where there is two guards and that's it and then plant some explosives and leave okay and also this is something you pointed out that i thought i didn't realize until now okay so the whole thing is like john connor's like jeepers terminator you can't kill anybody or do anything cool from the first movie or be the same character in any capacity so the whole thing is like he doesn't kill people anymore he just shoots them in the knee like oh that's all he does amazing so there's a scene where he goes out and it's very famous and he like mows down all the cop cars and blows them up with grenades and it's like human fatalities zero then all the cops start shooting at him like nothing and it just happened so the entire dumbass little scenes that he's learned a lesson from John which is like we get like I don't even know what the lesson is John's like you can't kill anyone and then Terminator goes okie dokie little buddy no no he says why cheesy piece why and then he goes you just can't and then he goes, why? And then he goes, it just can't. It's terrible. Like, <laughs> my, my question is like, you know, people already liked the Terminator 
as like a menacing, horrifying, iconic villain. Like no one would ever look at Darth Vader. Like there were efforts. If you'll excuse me to talk about Star Wars for a moment Fuck. here. That's all right. Sorry, please. I know. Please, please, That's fine. please. That's put fine. your pants Just back on. Put your pants back on. Be Leave quick. them off. Be quick. Okay. So, you know, th- that series like tries to bring humanity to that character and like underpin what he's doing with some sort of sense of like gravitas. In this movie, it's like, no, what if he literally was just a nice, funny guy who happened yeah. to be the Terminator? And it's like, who wanted that? You're going to watch these two movies and tell me that the second that he's cooler in the second movie? Because he <laughs> says like, shit, fuck dicks. Yeah, this is uh, up your ass, dipshit. Time to skedaddle. Oh, <laughs> it's what, terrible. What kind of motorcycle is that? If you can look me in the eye and tell me that you like like sci-fi movies and think that this is an improvement in any capacity, you're a fucking idiot, and I will fight you in court. <laughs> in court? <laughs> I'll fight you on the playground. Really? Yeah. The flaming one? No. Oh, no, that one. <laughs> I hated that one. No good. No. That movie... What did I say this movie should have been 90 minutes of? Oh, yeah, I've heard just... Smoking a cigarette. The best parts of the movie are her like furiously smoking and doing all of her face acting, which I love. Yeah. And this, we can go back to Lyndall for a second. I think she gets a lot of credit for acting because she has arm muscles that are prominent and she dresses in clothes that make her look cool and she smokes. She does look super cool. She just looks really cool. And like, she's not a very good actor. She just looks cool. I like her in the role. I'm not going to rehash. No, we're not going to, but I'm just saying, like, that came to mind. Like, She's easily just, she's like, she has moments where she's like, wow, she looks cool. Like, yeah, that's fucking awesome. She's a cool character. And it's like, wait, no, she says, she says one thing. I'm like, oh, this character fucking sucks. But she looks really cool. It's true. We can't take it away. She, she looks awesome. Lots of bandoliers and gear and stuff. And I don't know. So the, the, another major character introduced in the movie is the Joe Morton character, Miles. What's his last name? I don't know. You Dyson. Miles Dyson. Miles Dyson. In real life. I, he's my close personal friend, Joe Morton, the actor. I interviewed him once. It was cool. That's my boast. It's a good boast. I've never fucking. Man. You haven't done shit. I haven't done You're shit. You've done shit. No. I met Joe Morton. The fuck did you do? Uh, fuck. Wait, 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 wait. Uh, oh, that's right. I sold a Kit Kat to, hey! to Charlie Kaufman. Remember that one? Remember that story? It's a chestnut. Tell it, it again. Uh, I sold. Uh, I sold. Uh, he came up. I sold him a Kit Kat. And uh, what movies did he do? Uh, he did. Uh, he did Eternal Sunshine. He wrote. He that sure one. did. Yeah. Uh, he wrote. Um, he wrote uh, into the minds of the the, the John man. Yep. And the John man. And, yep. and that night, what he would what would he have done without you to sell him a Kit Kat? <sighs> Probably killed himself. I mean, honestly, many of his movies feature that, you know, suicidal ideation. I saw Annalisa. Uh-huh. Did you see that one? The I animated movie? Amazing. Okay. I it, I thought it wasn't really going anywhere. It's, it's amazing. It's, it's just as good as Connected in New York. I've I never I seen can't. it. It's my claim to shame. I got to see it. Oh, you haven't seen it? I know. Wow. It's really great. Okay. Because, yeah, so so Miles Dyson, he's the guy who we're told invented Skynet, which we've just learned about. But he didn't because he just fucking stole it all from the future. Right, which is also lame. And so then so, rather than kill him in front of his family, uh, Linda Hamilton breaks down. The you know, Terminator and and uh, John show up to be mopey and irritating. And they decide to go to Skynet. To, so the, the movie, again, it's, it's a very simplistic plot that feels clunky and long. It's so dumb. It's not exciting. The uh, The fight scenes fucking suck. They suck. I would say I like the chase, the, the, the legendary but truck. Can we, can we linger chase. on that scene where she goes to kill him? Because I think that's really important. Yeah, get into it. It's like a 10-minute sequence. First of all, they there's like thousands of people. There's a lot of people that work at... Cyberdyne, whatever it's called, Skynet. Cyber, I don't know the difference. I don't know what they are. There's lots of people that work there. Killing one man that has just stolen stuff from the future isn't going to do shit. Well, that's why they go to the headquarters to demolish. I know, the main but like, stuff, but yes. even that as a like as an idea, she's smart. She should know that he's not the thing that's actually the problem. It's the research and the thing that they have in front of them. Right, because they reduce her to like a hysterical mother where she yeah. like drives off ab- like abruptly and impulsively to go do this stupid mission that's not going to solve any problems. It sucks. Yeah, and then... But she's been training... The whole thing about her being ripped is she's like training every day for the apocalypse. It's awesome. Yeah. And then like she's going to blow her shot on some half-ass plan. Like, like it's, it's disrespectful to her. Stupid. And all the shit with like John Connor being like, the kid who knows everything, he can like train the Terminator how to love and and, and calm down his hysterical mother. It's like, this sucks. Fuck yeah. this guy. Ugh. And then so she points a gun at a father and she suddenly is like, you know what? I just can't do it. I'm going to go sit over here and cry. Hug my boy. They kind of give her it's all the trauma garbage. of Kyle Reese, but like, they take away all of her autonomy that makes her so interesting. And that whole transformation we saw her make in the first movie into this, like, 
caged animal in the second movie just starts to dissipate because like she they, they give her less of like she stops being the main character and it's a huge loss yeah I think it's time to start talking about T-1000. Right. Okay. So all of this is contingent on there being another Terminator. Right. Which, by the way, look, I'm not crazy. If you pitch me a Terminator 2, the Terminator's fight, sure. That sounds fun. That sounds fun. Now, again, I, I, I don't want to like a hypocrite. We've talked to like the first movie. A lot of it's very cold and quiet, and that's what makes it work so well. So these moments of violence are really ast- a, 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 a astonishing and like breathtaking. And this movie has some of that. You know, he's another like he, he has no personality at all. Yeah. Even less, I would argue, than, than Arnie in, in T1. And the, the parts where his hands turn into swords and he stabs people in the face, that shit's cool. Like in the foster parent scene where he stabs the guy through the milk box. Yeah. That's awesome. But one, he is so affectless that it's, it's, he's just as like, as, he's as impossible to get an impression of as the very quicksilver he's made of. I would say the biggest problem with him is that he is absent from the film for 40 minutes. It's crazy. He is gone. In the back half of the movie, he just is not there to get in the way of the plot because they can't figure out a way to tell a story that's not stupid and simplistic. Because he's so powerful. He's just gone for a while. Like they, it's like the in Heroes when they gave Hero like the ability to bend space and time then like three episodes and they're like, oh shit, you could basically do whatever you wanted so we'll make sure his powers go away. It's like, wait, this guy can do anything. He can mimic anyone. Whoops. He can run really fast and stab you. It's like yeah. there's nothing you can do, so we'll just, oh, I don't know. Get, cause in the first one, there's lulls, but you make sure to cut between like them patching themselves up and him fixing his eye, yeah, and like them fucking and him like calling his mom to find out where she's gonna be. Like he's always a presence in the movie. Here he's just literally gone. I honestly forgot he was a character. Did it's, you ever play Resident Evil Nemesis? No, maybe. One, I haven't played a lot of Resident Evil, but as a kid, I would play Nemesis at the Toys R Us in a mall here in Pittsfield. Yeah, I used to do that. And stuff too. that game is sick because because like this unkillable villain keeps popping up unexpectedly, and it's really exciting and scary because you know you're not going to be able to beat him, and he keeps yeah. reappearing. And so that persistent fear of something that powerful showing up becomes like a real motivator in the plot. Yeah. In this movie, like you said, they write themselves into a corner. And to choose to just not mention him for a while so they can have their side adventure fighting off cops politely or whatever. It's stupid. It's bad storytelling. It, like, again, the whole premise of the first movie is that it's, a, it's a hunt and she's being hunted. Yeah. And in this movie, they're doing a heist. They're reconciling their family. They're like trying to turn him into a human, which, of course, is stupid. But they don't even they have no, they don't focus on anything. I barely even get that they're trying to turn him human. Yeah. There's like three scenes where he's like, say hasta la vista. And, then and he's like, like oh. will, later in the film, I will deliver a full circle on this thing and I will say it okay. It's like, I don't get that they're actually, why do humans cry? Like, Jesus Christ, is that... It's stupid. Every fucking person is asked that when they're eight years old. Every It's like, yeah. Well, it's just so lazy for him to be like, I cannot feel love. It's like, that's every robot thing. Also, yeah. this is a movie coming out in the early 90s when on television, roughly analogous to this, we have Data on Star Trek The Next Generation Hell who yeah. grapples with this question in truly a, a fascinating, immersive, human, compelling, and beautiful story that this, it's shoehorned in as like the laziest way to, we already like the character. Yeah. So to go into this great lengths to make him even more like mimetic and like look at me i'm spouting the the dialogue of the day it's look, like the boy says this i say this it's i don't get why we need that i don't so, so they both like it, it's it's all frosting there's no meat to his transformation it means nothing because he's going to die at the end you know for now of course also here's another thing for you we're already seeing another model of the t1000 or whatever we know there's more models so yeah. who gives a shit how much this one yeah. maybe kind of understands it's not even convincing on his part no he was he was barely around enough to learn like six phrases. Right, so he, he's paired off against a robot even with even less personality than him. So their fighting is like really joyless and boring. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's it's a real misopportunity. The ending fight sequence feels endless and is not fun. so boring. And then yeah. like he dies and oh wait, no, nah, he's not dead. He just ele- like the whole electricity thing from the first movie. That many died. Right, and this one he gets stabbed through the heart or whatever, and his eye turns off. And oh all my god, yes. comes out, and then wait. Nope, he's alive. Right, they cut to a thing in his eye where we see alternate power source. He's fine again. And it's like, what the fuck? (laughs) That sucks. It's just a kind of laziness where it's like, given how much fire this movie gets, given how it's adored by people, watch these movies back to back. I I, Like, if you really think, I fucking 
We fucking dare you. Both I and my co-host and friend Charles fucking dare you. And if you. you like this second one more than the first one, or if you like it at all, you can take the metal box release of this film and shove it up your keister hole. Yeah, right up there. <laughs> the fucking worst way. Yeah, and guess what? It's Spine long and there's corners. Not not bo- bottom or top. No, no, no bottom Spine. or top because there's more corners. No, you can do it spine because it's way longer. But it's going to hurt more trying to get the corner in. Either way. Okay, just do it. Yeah. You fucking dummy. Talking about um, building this character into a corner so you couldn't actually use him. He stabs her in the elevator in like the first scene. So he's touched her. He can mimic her anytime he wants. Yet he chooses to stab her in the shoulder and ask her to ask for help. To lure John Connor. But so, so they're standing by. Like this is an inexplicable plot point, which drove us both crazy. I mean, it could have been cool if he had done it without that other part because he'd already touched her. Okay, so no, let's explain this a little bit more. Yeah, okay, you so go. I'm bad. Basically, at we're, we're at the end of the movie in the foundry or whatever where they're fighting another convenient industrial wow. location that's identical to the end of the first film. Though the problem is, I have like in this one, in the first one, they showed you the crunching box. They showed you all the stairs and like, oh, we looped around and now I just go through here to get back to the crunching box. I knew exactly where they were. They they made me the maze and I knew what it was. Here it's just like a hall of mirrors where they could just pop out anywhere. I don't know where anything is. So it's so when he does pop out, and this is so inexplicable to me and so lazy, he pretends to be wounded Linda Hamilton. She's like, come to me, son, come to me. And he's like, mom. And then she, the real one shows up and, and shoots him like away. Three Why seconds pass. would he go through a weird like song and dance thing? When he has the kid right there, he has sword arms. He could kill him. That's his only mission is to kill this fucking dumbass. Yeah, he could snot. die. He could like pick him up and jump into he, lava. Right, he he has, should not he has care. One perfect opportunity and insists on doing a bit. Uh, like why? He has so little personality that we actually pick up from him. That why? What would motivate this robot to do that? Well, he uses the voice to lure him out. Right. But then, yeah, once he's there, just just whoop, stab him. Just fucking stab him. You know. I could kill that kid better than that fucking Terminator. <laughs> yeah, that guy sucked at it. Also, he was walking. Yeah, why was he running, walking, why was he running around at the end? Um, he doesn't use guns very much. It's weird. Because well, he's all knife boy. I know, but like... Remember, we, they told us very specifically he could become anything that is the same size as him. And or knives. Okay, again. They, or knives. This is so fucking shitty. They ex- try to explain the dynamics of the liquid robot killer, which is... Thankless. You know what they didn't explain? What's that? How the liquid robot killer got through the time machine. Right. Okay. Which I was curious about. Because they say like he can only do organic matter, not objects like a pack of cigarettes. And yet later in the movie does objects. But also the floor. Is he a puddle of water? Is he the floor itself? He's the floor itself. But that's not organic. That's a fucking floor. Yeah. So why can't he be a pack of cigarettes, but can't be the floor? Well, I think he could be a giant pack of cigarettes. (laughs) I just don't know. But I think he could be... I like we. I, I think he could be a giant scrotum. I hey, did, we can dream, right? I was hoping he'd become a giant scrotum. Uh, he could be a very small building. Sure, as long as it's a roughly Maybe the a size Ferrari. a normal, you know, adult human man. Here's the point. Do you know you could solve this problem? Don't explain the dumb rules that you're going to break almost immediately. Just don't even bring them up. Yes. No one needs to don't. hear the rules. That would have saved a lot of this movie is if you just stop talking about everything that's going on in front of my fucking eyes. Right. We get these a liquid killing machine. That's yeah. cool. Just let it be cool without trying to explain the rules of it, which no one needs. And you discard very rapidly. So this is why I think Cameron had very little involvement in the first film. I don't think you're, this is I don't pure underst- speculation. I, but I just don't understand based on his entire oeuvre. That's French for eggs. Yeah. I haven't seen Piranhas, too. Sure. But I've seen, I think, every single other movie he's made, and they're all like Terminator 2. Well, I think... None of them are like Terminator. He comes from this world of, like, you know, hacky B-movies that are really fun and really full of texture and weirdness. He gets that, that checkbook to do whatever he wants, and he just starts swinging for the fences on everything. It could just be a money thing because he what? This was a hundred and something million dollars. This was budget. okay. So actually, I'm happy you brought that up. Much like uh, at World's End, our uh, zaniest film we've covered so far, that was a three hundred million dollar movie in twenty in two thousand seven, I believe, and that was like the most expensive yeah, movie crazy. ever made at the time. This in nineteen ninety one at one hundred and two million dollars. That's also crazy. Was the most expensive film ever made at that point in history? Yeah. So maybe if he had had a hundred million dollars for the first Terminator, it would suck. It would suck. 
But I think you're dead right. There's so much that just does not need to be in this. There's so many missed opportunities. Again, like it's weird to get older and look back on how this is venerated. It is the ultimate popcorn movie. I get that. It's a no work movie. Like, you know, if you're just sitting there with your jaw slacked open, ramming fucking gummy bears into it, which, by the way, it can be fun. Um, it can't be fun. Not like this. Yeah. I really don't think, I mean, yeah, it's sure. It's genuinely you insulting what? what they do to this character. Yeah, if you enjoy being insulted or are too, I don't even know what the word is. I don't know what the adjective is that for someone who enjoys this. I'd love to hear why. If you watch this movie and disagree, tell us what we missed. If you agree with us and still like it, I just don't understand why you would ever watch this. I just don't get it. Yeah, it's it's watered down. It's boring. The characters they add to it add very little to the original story. It's propagandistic. It, it, it's it, just honestly, like... Honestly, it, it gets so confusing. And I, Okay, you use propagandistic here. We talked a lot about in the first movie how the representation of violence is, like, upsetting. It's, like, yeah. really vile. The things we see are not okay. No, we watch and, a man take an eye out of his head. We see people just get, like, stabbed. It's, it's like, really upsetting violence. The it's idea cool. is that, like, this vortex of male violence can spin the universe off into a point of no return where violence is the only currency, and Kyle Reese can't even get laid in the future because all of his friends and potential sex partners are being killed by robots. Yeah, that's In sucks. this movie, it's like, what if the violence was kind of cheeky, and there's some cute parts to it, and some of it's very serious, but some of it's a little sillier because he's our friend now. And also, what if he's that big explosions for no reason like this car scene where he blows up all the cop cars yeah looked cool i guess sure but it had no effect on the plot well then it's followed by so many other massive explosions where at a certain point it's it's the classic thing of diminishing return where there's so many explosions and because people keep surviving them and thriving after them we trust them less and less and it's it's a bummer i think the beauty of like a diehard a movie will you know obviously cover at some point in the podcast Got by it. the time we get to like the really big explosion it's fucking crazy and it happens late in the movie, and it's it really feels like it has a weight to it. And in this movie, at a certain point, there's so much going on that it all just sounds like the same fucking cacophony. It sucks. It's it's all, but also it's just like it doesn't seem to make sense if you're making a movie about male violence. The first one made male violence upsetting, in the way that Refn talks about male violence, and it's always upsetting. He he makes very cool looking movies, but there it's always like the violence is not fun to watch. Here it's like he's making a movie about male violence and very explicitly having characters talk about it. And yet he's making a movie that like glorifies male violence and makes it look pretty. Yeah, and also by very having confusing. by having a Terminator be a good guy doing ultra violent things, it completely fucking upends the entire premise. Right. It's not cool. Also, it's not a funny movie. No. It's not charming. Again, like Edward Furlong is legit terrible in this, and I feel bad for him because they gave him way too much dialogue. I don't feel bad for him. As I've said with fuck Michael Caine, if you're not prepared for the role, don't do it. Like if you can if you honestly do it, watch this and say it aged well, I, I don't. I, it's I, never it, been good. No. It's never been good. People were not. I don't know what. They're, they're like, what if Bart Simpson was in this shit? And it's like, well, that yeah. sounds dumb. <laughs> the guy from Salute Your Shorts was in it. He was great. The I, guy with the giant red mullet. Oh yeah, yeah, he was he's fucking rules. He, he should, he should have been John Connor. I would have believed that. <laughs> this is like fucking smarmy, yeah, this lazy little, slacker. Punk buddy. Yeah, yeah that was, was cool. great. And he like stood up for him too. That was a nice little scene. It's yeah. Like, no, I haven't seen him. Hey, John, there's a cop over there. You gotta get out of here. Oh, by the way, I saw him. It was great. Shut up, you kid. That was the wrong cop, I but know. I liked it. I'm just imagining like we lose so much. Also, the main T1000 has no person. Like that's the thing with Arnie is that in the first one. There's not much of a personality, but there's a presence. And this is the T-1000. I can't do an imitation He's of so him. He's so mild and boring. Yeah. He's like, I am your friend now and your dad figure. Hello. Oh, and I mean the T-1000. Oh, the new guy. Has like zero pre- Like He's just nothing. He's very menacing, but I can't actually... Like, I could probably have a dream where I could imagine like a hulking T-101. Sure, yeah. Because that thing's... Like, this is just like a smarmy looking cop. And yeah, I guess I have dreams about smarmy looking cops doing bad things too but this guy sucked he was so he was like nothing yeah could have put in anything he could have been a, he could have been a giant carrot the whole movie well i guess it, just, it underscored like what a prop he turned out to be you know because yeah. again like the, the whole premise of the first movies is so much hinges on, on such a fragile situation so to have this like super villain who had, like, it just sucks it's just a placeholder yeah it's a no good so well, i think it's maybe about that time to ask when will it end I honestly, I'm at that point where it's like, yeah. I, I have not seen the subsequent three films. And it's like, 
this is a lot to recover from. They've taken a lot of wind out of its sails. It was not fun to watch. You know, I've seen it a million times, and the fact that it's become more of a meme than a movie maybe speaks to its legacy. But yeah, at this point, I'm totally throwing the towel in. Cameron, taking his own intellectual property, well, that he stole from Harlan Ellison, takes a shit all over it. And now it's like, I don't want another version of Arnie being this fucking flaccid, boring guy who's like bland and sweet or whatever. And like, who's he going to fight now? Yeah, and I think that's in the third one. I saw them all for some reason. I actually, no, I don't think I saw the most recent one. Um, but I think he plays even more the like goofy, nice robot. Well, Uncle Bob, let's just call him Uncle Bob because that's what that fucking idiot John Connor yeah. is like. It's my Uncle Bob. Is that funny? It's not. And that then funny. he goes Uncle Bob, and he goes, I don't know. I'm a whole pisser. I chug piss. <laughs> what can you get? I don't know if Edward Furlong has ever chugged piss. I'm just saying. No, no, no. I said yeah. it on his Wikipedia page. You just didn't read chugged it. Chugged piss. Yeah, yeah. there's a whole there's a whole section, yeah, right? Yeah, no, so I'm with you. I mean, I, again, you've you've seen these, and I haven't. If, if this is this is the direction they're really like putting all their chips on, and, and why wouldn't they? This movie was such a huge cultural phenomenon, right? It feels like a lost cause. And that's like a real bummer. That's the scary thing. I think like when you get to a Pirates Four, it could be easy to throw in the towel, but then you'd miss Pirates Five, which actually turns out to be one of the best in the franchise. But here, if this is like the cultural moment that everyone is going to try to recreate. I mean, Pirates 4, uh, Pirates, Jesus. Terminator 4 does have the Christian Bale lights monologue, I think. Oh, yeah, so yeah. I'm, I'm very glad that it okay. exists just because of that. Well, here's what I'm hoping for in the best case scenario. This reminds me of the spy who shagged me, okay? Yeah. International Man of Mystery, they established this character and all of his faults and all of his strengths. Yes. And then fucking, they're like, okay, now we're having a moment. Two's going to be our spiking the football. And this is the ultimate football spike. It's so much more than that. But like it takes this like cool idea and makes it like so much of a caricature of itself that it's joyless, and not fun to watch. Yeah. So like they have to recover from that. We needed a gold member where things like had, you know, if, if a bad villain is the problem in this, maybe a really good villain in three would redeem it somewhat. But I'm I'm already like I'm already wondering like how many more like you know sour faced killers with no personality I can watch them churn through. Jesus. Yeah, I think that's another problem is that a lot of the new Terminators are pretty boring. But I guess we'll find out. Also, we haven't really mentioned that. The reason why we're doing this is because there's a new Terminator coming out. Which will feature Edward Furlong. Yeah. Which and, is crazy. And Lindell. And Lindell. And Arnie. And Arnie. The whole gang's back together. Which is sort of scary. Right, because this lineup sucks. Yeah, this is a bad lineup. Not a great one. Um, so we're... And also, why would you get... I don't know. But anyway, we are going to release the episode for that movie the Monday after it comes out. Yeah, so our, our chips are down on this. We want to see what happens with this franchise. This has been dispiriting because, again, I've seen both one and two many times, but never I haven't seen them back-to-back in a very long time, and it's just not great. So I don't know. I'm moving forward with great trepidation. I want to see a bigger villain. I want to see... I want to see more creative locations that are not drenched in blue or happening in industrial parks. Right. I want some oh, more yeah. character to it. I almost want more lore because the lore we get is so all over the place yeah. and spotty that it's hard to follow and uninteresting. That's what I was going to say. I'm not I'm not ready to say when will it end because I think the world that they created in one is really interesting. And there are so many things you could do with it. And for some reason, this is literally a, sorry to bring up Star Wars, but A New Hope to Return of the Jedi. It's like the same end location. Yeah. They're both just like killing Terminators in factories for some reason. Like, come on, dude. It's really uncreative. Yeah. So I'm excited to get some new blood. Cameron's out. I hate Cameron, so I'm glad we're getting some new blood. But we are going to be dealing with the likes of a McG. Oh, my God. McG did one? Yeah. So I'm not sure we're getting any better people, but they're different. (laughs) Definitely, you know, maybe. I don't know. I guess we'll find out. Yeah. But yeah, so I guess we'll both have to say... uh, Hasta la vista, baby, to our listeners. Yeah, let's, let's, what if he taught the guy? What if he taught Terminator to say, "Do I make you horny, baby?" Like oh five years before that God. movie. That been crazy. Do I make you horny? Oh, but baby? it's a time trap. They're both time travel movies, right? Who taught who? Okay, another spinoff. We have uh, Hulk versus Terminator. <laughs> Austin Powers meets the Terminator. <laughs> They're friends. They're fr- well, we they become friends probably. Yeah, because then okay, so Hulk I am on vers- a mission to become Randy. That's good. Say it more like Arnie. Teach me to be Randy. That's good. I would like to be horny, baby. You sound like somebody else. Who do I you think sound a little like? bit of Werner Herzog. Yeah, I, that's I, it. Yeah, I just, to, to date this a little bit, I just watched the Mandalorian trailer. Uh, okay. And the second Werner Herzog says, it is very complicated to be a bounty hunter, is it not? I was like, oh, great. I'm going to watch all of I'm this. I'm going to watch this whole yeah. thing. Yeah. I don't care how shitty and John Favreau it is. Yeah, I can't, I can't do any impressions. Anymore. I don't know what happened. 
Yeah, you've changed. Do you make me horny, you baby? Were, you were celebrating yourself as the impressions guy. The impressionator. Yeah, right. That was me. Your claim to fame. I think I can say, like, I'll be back. I also have this cold. I feel like I'm going to cough. You have been coughing a lot. Yeah. But, I, uh, yeah, I, w- I want the Terminator to get Randy, even though he can't love. Right. I bet he can still fuck. <laughs> hey, what better note to leave it on? Send us your Terminator fuck fanfic straight to the pod. We want to hear it. Yeah. How, Randy, can you make the Terminator? Please drop us a line. And please join us next week for Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines.